God is good. Amen? Amen. Father, we uh, come before your throne, and uh, uh, we love to worship you, and now we turn to your word that it would minister to us. Lord, you say to preach the word, and Lord, and to bring teaching, bring light, Lord, to the just the glory of the gospel, Lord, the goodness of what you want to do. Lord, your love for people, Lord, your great grace that pours upon us. I pray, Father, as we talk about uh, the fruit of the Spirit um, in this series, but specifically today, just the concept of peace, that you would give us the peace that surpasses and transcends our understanding. Lord, there's not a person in here that doesn't need peace in their heart, in their life, in their relationships, in their family, in their experiences. Lord, and just even with the the things we face as a nation, with government shutdowns and political battles, Lord, we remind ourselves that you're the one who's the Lord over all things. Lord, that you can bring peace uh, to us, Lord. Not like the world gives, but a peace that comes from your throne. And Lord, even as we face uh, future wars and all those things that threaten peace in our nation and uh, give uh, people cause to to fear and stumble and be anxious. Show us, Lord, how we can have peace in you at all times. At all times, in all seasons, in every way. Lord, making our prayers and petitions, bringing them up to you. The God of peace will keep our hearts and minds guarded in Christ Jesus. Lord, let that peace be in us. And uh, I pray that you'd increase it. And Lord, I know that this can't happen by human strength. It has to come by your power. I pray that you would open our eyes, open our heart, and let peace come in even when we don't want it. Let it come in. Amen. Amen. God is good, isn't he? Now, sometimes you get reminded. That's why it's good to worship. You'll, you'll, forget, you'll forget how good God is. You start singing to the Lord or just hear music unto God, and it'll remind you. Um, you know, I have this video at home that I found online. This isn't in my notes, but it just reminded me. And it's, it's the history. It basically shows you the whole earth. And um, then it starts at the earliest wars that we know of. Um, you know, even started with biblical wars and moving all the way through history. And when you watch it, you go, man, there has been a lot of wars. It's like this video will never end. You know, like, like even, you know, like some of the time periods during the Ottoman Empire and, you know, the fall of Rome and, you know, the Greeks conquering the world and, you know, the times of Artaxerxes and the times of, you know, the Caesars that took power and then, you know, the modern world with its Aryan racism and evolutionary influences. Um, just World War I, World War II, Civil War, American Revolutionary War, and all the revolting and rebellions and, you know, the just cause war and every kind of war. It's like the humans can't stand still, can we? You know, the Bible says, why do the nations rage? You know, why, why do they rage against the, the Holy One of Israel? You know, why, why does people against people, father against son, son against mother? It, you know, there's these nations rage. There's a lack of peace. And even just in interpersonal relationships, people have conflict at work where they just don't have peace. People don't have peace in their life just knowing what their future might be. Like, does, does God have my future? You know, should I worry? Did I, did I go too far? Did I sin one too many times? Did I blow it too far where now God can't recover me? 
I see people struggle with that as if God doesn't know your life. As if God cannot bring redemption. And this worry transcends itself into insecurity and fear. You know, you know, you know maybe I'll die. Maybe I'm not going to be healthy enough. Maybe I'll, I'll fall apart. And, you know, can I trust God for the future? Can I trust God with my kids? You know, can I trust him with our city? Can I trust him with the politicians? Well, the answer is no. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, people every once in a while ask me, what party do you belong to? I go, oh, I'm not part of the party. I'm not part of the party system. You know, my hope is in the Lord. You know, it really is. It's not that I, you know, not fending for things. I vote and I vote for things that are right. And the Bible says submit to the governing authorities. And I, I apply myself to some degree, but I much more apply myself to the kingdom. You know, I, I don't devote myself to the Fox News, CNN, MSNBC devotion where I can hear the latest gossip going on. I devote myself to First Timothy and Ephesians and Romans and Galatians, and I'm doing fine. What's the latest thing? The government shut down? We had a couple of those, right? What, there's another chaos in the Middle East again? Sounds like last year. <laughs> People will laugh. I, mean, I haven't watched the news on TV in almost seven years. NFL Network, news, uh, NFL Network. <laughs> right? Romo threw an interception. Oh, a little protective like last year. <laughs> no, come on, take it easy with the Cowboys. That was you. That wasn't me. No, I'm kidding. But not really. Um, you know, um, and you think about what can give you a peace. And, um, you know, before I became a Christian... There was a long period of time because of my inner turmoil that I would get drunk every single night. I mean, every night. I'd get drunk, I'd get stoned, I'd do something. And if I couldn't find anything, I would go to the streets and I would wait until I could find something. And I could always find something. But I would not be able to sleep and I would not have peace in my soul until I was literally knocked out. I had to drink till I was knocked out. And I look now, it's great to have God in my life. It's not like I never struggle with finding peace. I've had times and still have times where I turn to food or, you know, I turn to escapism or, you know, I just postpone it because I avoid God. How many know what I'm talking about? You know, and it it always reminds me, you know, people will turn to a glass of wine. I can't sleep until I had that glass of wine or two. Okay, three. You know, I can't wait. You know, I just have to have that oxycodone. I have to have that hydrocodone. I gotta have that pill. You know, I can't sleep until I have this herb. I can't have peace until I get this. And I'm not against someone taking a pain pill who's prescribed. And I'm not Mr. Anti-Drink. The Bible says don't get drunk, but rather be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? But I believe that the God who created us actually has a synchronicity of peace that comes from him. He is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. These are his fruits. That's who he is. That's the fruit of his spirit. That's what he wants to deposit in us. How many would like some of these attributes? 
not phony, phony in a phony way, where you sort of, you're trying to get it, but you don't get it, or you're smooth talking your way into peace, or you're trying to tell yourself to be peaceful. I'm talking about the peace that comes from God, that it's from God, it's not from you. In fact, the world is going to tell you the complete opposite. The world is going to tell you that to turn to itself, to, to, you know, to yourself, that you have the key to peace and you're the one who has to make the difference. And, you know, if you would just do this, the world would be a better place. And God comes from the opposite end. Could you put the up on the screen there? Matt, thanks. All right. My focus is on peace. Let's, let's start with that peace and war um, one I have right here. Peace is about relationship. Isn't it good to have a marriage that has peace in it? And when it doesn't, boy, is that a pain, right? How many can relate to this? You know, you're struggling through, there's no pace. It's almost like your spouse is the enemy or you're, if in the workplace, your boss is your enemy. It's relationship or it's enemy. You're either in harmony you're trying to find harmony. It doesn't mean you can't speak truth and love, but there's a harmony there. There's a, I'm for you, even if we have conflict. Or there's just pure conflict. You know, there's rebellion, you know, against, you know, um, what relationship is. Or there's a calmness. There's a security in peace. It doesn't matter what the circumstance, what the storm looks like. When you have a peace from God, you look forward and you go, God's in charge of this. God's in control of my life, despite the storm, despite the earthquake, you know, despite the flood, despite the things that happen, God has me. Even in death, God has me. It's the calmness Job has. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Amen? And there's an order to it. It doesn't mean just go out, sin, and be crazy. It means that God's ways actually bring peace, more peace. You start to follow his ways. You start to listen, and he brings more peace. Um, but it has to come through the power of Christ. We need peace in our life, our relationships. We need peace in our world. We need peace in the heart. We need peace in our experience, or we're going to have the enemies, the conflict, the rebellion, the fear, the noise. You know, it's like this constant noise. Have you ever tried to drift off to sleep in peace, and all of a sudden here? You know, someone drilling next door. It's just like, come on. You know, it just, it takes away the peace. God wants us to have true peace. Let me give a description of peace in the world. I got that peace sign at the top. I just wrote this. I made a mistake on one sentence there, but it's cool. If I love you, you love me. And you don't judge me, I don't judge you. And we both imagine there's no right and wrong. And we accept each other's sin. You accept mine, I'll accept yours. We'll tolerate each other and avoid all conflict. We'll just all get along. Peace. You know, you know it's kind of that, you know, hey, dude, we're cool, right? Dude, we're awesome. You know, we're getting along. Everything's getting, you know, we're cool, man. You know, what'd you do? Your wife doesn't know about that? It's cool. I accept you, brother. I'm your bro. Is that peace? No. Is that relationship? No. There's no truth in it. There's no justice in it. There's no right and wrong in it. It's just a facade of peace. It's, it's when shame is brought by man in the Garden of Eden, and all of a sudden he knows he's naked. He's been walking around naked the whole time. But he's got relationship with God, so his nakedness has no 
thing. It doesn't matter. But all of a sudden, he knows sin, he knows shame, and he realizes he knows he's naked. And then he's covered up. Well, what man does now is the next one, peace, love, music, let's, let's take it off. We, should, we don't feel any shame. There's no shame. But you, listen, you don't need me pointing it out. How many know we still feel shame because of our sin? Have you ever lied about something or been prideful about something, but no one knew it but you? And internally, what did you feel? Guilt, right? Restlessness. You can't look people in the eye the same way. It messes with you. And there goes your peace down the tube. And then you go, man, what's wrong with you? I don't know. I just don't have peace. Boy, and nations do this. You know, what's my territory? What's your territory? What's, where's the point of control? I love John Lennon, a great musician, his saying here, all we are saying is give peace a chance. And his, his, his piece of chance is let's do LSD and, and, um, and sit in a circle, accept one another in that same way, and sing songs. And if everyone would just do this, we would have peace. But is that God's answer? All we have to say is, let's be peaceful. Let's make a pact, okay? Let's get all the world on the internet, on Skype, and at the same time, we're going to do peace from now on, okay? You ready? On a count of three. How long do you think it's going to last? What is the problem? It's you guys. It's not me. I was going to do it. In fact, I think it was you. Actually, I knew it was going to be you. Yeah, I'm going to gossip right now. It's not going to last because that's not the peace God promises, is it? You know? And Hamaha Gosanananda, Buddhist monk. Listen to this. And this is, I could just see some high school student or a college student probably in Harvard somewhere. He's sitting there and he's going, man, I'm smart. Thanks, Dad, for paying for the bill. And then he says, when you make peace with yourself, you make peace with the world. Boy. I wonder how many people follow that advice. I just need to make peace with myself. And, and if, if I'm happy with myself, well, what if you disappoint yourself? Do you kind of put that in and go, it's okay. It's all right. That's just me. That's just who I am. So I just need to make peace with it. But then what if you do something really stupid? Well, then I need to change that. So change. Well, do you make cha- peace with your change or do you make peace with what you did? Or do you like overlook your past and there's no right and wrong anymore? Or just whatever you do is right or wrong? And it just gets more and more confusing. And people who make peace with themselves, and you know, and have you ever done that? Where you just finally get peace and then, you know, your cousin walks in the room and you're going, stop bugging me, I was having peace here. Gosh. All right, back with peace at the universe. Shut up! It was you! Back to peace in the world. Yeah. People don't know that that peace sign is actually an upside-down broken cross. It's a satanic symbol. Yeah, yeah. I, and it's, it, it, and you can't, how many can see that? Just it's self-evident. I mean, there's a lot of different meanings with, from different groups, but that's definitely one of them. Isn't it amazing that the cross has to be upside down, right? You know, and broken. You know, when you make peace with yourself, you make peace with the world. How many think you will eventually have a World War III? You know? Yeah. You know? 
50 million die, 60 million die, 80 million die, 100 million die, you know what I mean, eventually. And, and, you know, I could just see someone right now probably watching the Christian End Times TV channel that you probably shouldn't watch too much. Read your Bible instead. Not 30 minutes. Get it right from the horse's mouth. And, and ask yourself this. If that'll happen, will God still bring you peace? Will the peace of God still be with you? How many say amen? amen. Then turn to the Lord. Fix your eyes on Jesus. He is the author and what? The what? The finisher, the perfecter of your faith. Let him guide you. And listen what the Lord says, and this is so interesting. It says, he says here when he says, all have sinned and turned their way, he's describing mankind, Paul is. And he says this, he's quoting a psalm. He says, all have turned away. There is no one who does good. Can everyone say, not even one? Yeah, but what about Mother Teresa? Say it with me, not even one. Not even one. Can, can, can I tell you, Mother Teresa had her faith in Jesus Christ, not herself. You know, and I'm not here a defender of her and all her theology, but I've heard her speak enough to know that. Ruin and misery mark their ways. And listen, and the way of peace, they do not know. They don't know the way of peace. When I know that someone doesn't know the Lord, they're trying to find peace on their own. They're striving real hard, and it's all about self. How will self find peace? You know, you know I, I mentioned the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. How to get good in your relationships. Yeah, how to smile and nod and, you know, get those right things and repeat the right things. And, you know, just always have a positive attitude. Start your day with some goals. You know, just start checking them off. That'll just start giving you peace. Your problem is not just with yourself. It's you and God is the problem. And I'm going to show that today. Go ahead, put the next one on. There is God the creator on one side, and then we have a dividing line, a barrier, by the way that God did not make. God didn't say, I want to put a barrier between these guys. This is instigated by humankind. And then you have man who is made, they're not the creator, man-made, and the conflict and the divide comes from our sin, our pride and rebellion. So just at a point of honesty, how many would say that you contributed to sin, pride, and rebellion? Okay, this whole, whole room has, has rested, I mean, has agreed to this. Colossians, not up there, but it says, we were alienated from God, we're enemies in our minds because of our evil behavior. And, and we were separated from God. So do I have peace with God? Well, without this being resolved, then I don't have peace with God. So in a, in a war with one side and the other side, and in this case, God, you can put on the next slide, he is the one who is just, he is holy, he is true. He represents himself. So we have negotiations. People remember the negotiations, you know, in, um, with, um, um, in, during World War II, where at the end they're signing a peace treaty or a truce. And, and sometimes even before that, a ceasefire. Okay, we want fire on each other. Or, you know, at this time, we'll stop firing. And, you know, the armies keep going up until that time. And then all of a sudden, we get a peace treaty, and then we agree, okay, you lost, we won. Or we won, you lost. But in this way, how many know that God's not going to lose? God's lo- he is love, I mentioned last week, and love never what? Fails. Say it one more time, love what? It never fails. 
And so we have this negotiation of these two parties, dividing line coming in. God represents himself in justice, holiness, and truth. And then I represent myself on the other side. How many think this is a big problem? Because I have this sin problem. So, so I'm trying to mediate and come before him, but I have this pride. I have this self. I have this rebellion. I can't make a truce because what made the dividing barrier was sin. And I can't break that truce to find peace with God. You know, it's the acts of the sinful nature, factions, dissensions, lying, envy, pride, boasting. All these things are not from God. These are things that are from man. So this lawyer, God, this ambassador, and the mediation between me representing myself, it doesn't work. How can this conflict be resolved? How can I be at peace? Because when I'm trying to make things, you know, if you're, you know, in your teens, you go, man, I got this girlfriend and we're trying to get along. Your problem isn't just with her or vice versa. Your problem is with the Lord. When you lied or when you were selfish, you sinned against God. They may realize it, but they at the same time have also sinned and they have a separation between them and God. How many want to find peace? You want to find peace and you want to make it last and you want to live in it? I tell you, you're going to hear some things today that will change your life. I just encourage you, and I ask God to open your eyes. Next one, maybe I can fix this. You know, God represents himself. We know he's perfect and holy. And I represent myself, and I know I have the sin, but I'm going to try harder. I'm going to get rid of this stuff. I sat in my office a, a two or three weeks ago with somebody, and I told him, what about your sin? He, he didn't know the Lord. And I said, what about your sin? And he goes, well, I'm going to really try to get rid of it. And I said, okay, well, how's that working out? Yeah, I love that because I can just have meeting after meeting. I'll see you next week. And they come back and I go, so how's it going with the sin? Did you get rid of it all? No, not yet. Well, why don't you just save yourself 20 years? How many know the Lord and still struggle with some kind of sin? Okay, so why not find Christ at the beginning of your journey? Amen? And it says, but I try it. And I look, I love this scripture. It's so convicting. Whoever keeps the whole law does all its rules and regulations, the goodness, the commandments, but yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. One point. And God says, yep, you're guilty of all of it. You are never going to be able to represent yourself in that way. Put on the next slide. He says, the mind of sinful man is what? Death. That is the mindset without God. The mind controlled by the Spirit. Remember, this is referring to um, um, Romans 5, that we've been justified by faith. We have peace with God. We, he deposits His Holy Spirit into our hearts. That mind that's controlled by that Spirit, that's led by that Spirit, is life in peace. That's if you know the Lord. How many know when you're not walking in peace, the Lord is faithful to bring you there, is He not? And it says, the sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. And that's that word that we get dynamite. It's dunamai or dunamos. You know, and it's got, it's like it doesn't have the power. The sinful mind doesn't have the power to accomplish the things of God. It's hostile to God. How many want the mind of the Spirit? That comes through knowing Christ. That's when he dwells in us and lives in us. Maybe I can fix it. Just turn to someone and say, and maybe you can't. You might need the Lord. And this brings me to the, really the conclusions here. Number one, my peace starts and ends with God. 
Somehow I need to bridge this gap between my sinfulness that has made me an enemy to who God the creator is. Purity, holiness, righteousness, truth, justice, goodness. These things, I have this dividing wall. God has, can represent himself, but he sees man representing himself and he's representing himself in sin and there is no peace. There is a barrier between that. But for there is, can you say one God? Can you say there's one mediator? Between God and man, can you say the man, Christ Jesus? Listen, God the Son from Scripture is from eternity past. But how many know that God the Son put on flesh and dwelt among us and put on humanity? He gave himself as a ransom for who? All men. The testimony given in its proper time. Look at the the graph on the picture. In this case, God represents himself, ready to bring a dividing line in truth and justice. And then we have Christ who sees sinful man. He sees Eric as sinful man. But yet he comes and comes like him in the same way, but yet lives in truth and grace and peace and mercy and righteousness and sinlessness. So much so that he deserves no consequences, but says, I will take the consequences upon myself. How many think this is very good news? This is the start of peace. You may think, this is, you're just explaining the gospel. Well, we'll get to it. But listen, then he says, as I put my faith in him, he then reconciles with the father and the son now extends out the hand that says, we can make peace as mankind. And the father on this side says, and you are righteous. And, and he says, and you represent them. In fact, can you say the word first fruit? He is the first fruit of the mankind redeemed. In fact, people ask, why do I give? You give to acknowledge what I'm just talking about. That he's the first fruit. Just like the first part of the finances you give to God, and God blesses the rest. And we now have communion. One mediator, one God, between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Now, can everyone say, I have peace. I have peace. Did Jesus win our peace? Is God holding my sins against me? Is the law standing against me, condemning me? No. The law just makes me conscious of sin. It is not making, it is not condemning me. I'm no longer, according to Galatians 3.17, under the supervision of the law. Number two, Jesus has secured my peace. Anyone who has faith in what he has done, it says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, say it with me, we have peace with God. Say it. We have peace with God. Not we're going to get peace with God. Not we're going to just say another prayer to get peace with God. Are we at peace with God? We have peace with God right now. Right now, you have peace with God. If you can grasp this, it will change your life. Yeah, but pastor, I'm going through this hard time. It's with my health. Say it with me. I have peace with God. That means he's in my life. That means he's going to help me through the future. That means he's got my eternity. That means I'm secure. That means he cares about my kids and he's in charge of them. 
That means he lives in me and can overcome any death. And if I do die and he brings me to him, then I'll be with him forever. Do I hear an amen? Amen. There is peace with God. But I can't get along with my spouse. But you have the spirit of God because you have peace with God. And he dwells in you and he'll teach you and guide you into all truth. Amen? And so, and he can help lead them to you as well, Lord. And now I can trust my relationships to you. It's either that or you can turn to self. What will I do? And how will I change? And what will I make the difference? And I'll try to get it. And I'll try to build a bridge so I can build peace. How's that work so far? You ever find yourself talking with someone and you're arguing and arguing? You're trying to build a bridge and you never get anywhere? Have you ever that happened with your spouse? You're trying to talk and they say one thing. You know, Tony and I will be talking about something. I'll go, A, letter A, it's this. And she'll go, letter B, it's Z. And she's coming up there and I'm going, we're missing each other. And she's thinking to herself, what is that idiot doing? (laughs) And I'll be thinking, that woman makes no sense to me. (laughs) Right? How many have experienced this? Kids, how many have experienced this with your parents? But you know what? Then all of a sudden, you pray. And you say, Lord, that's right, you're in charge of our life. You saved us. You paid for our sins. We can't communicate. We can't relate but you paid for this. So Lord, bring your redemption. And how many have seen God all of a sudden your conversation five minutes later has life in it? How many, come on, raise your hand. I want a testimony here, a testimony from God, if it's really true. You've seen God change your relationship, okay? You've walked around with a sad sack, bitter attitude, right? Oh, everything's bad, everything's good, you know, and you know, it's like, you know, just cheer up, man. All right but you can't cheer up and you can't find the positive. And all of a sudden you turn to God and you remember, that's right, my depression has been paid for. That's right, my bitterness has been paid for. That's right, my discouragement has been paid for. My hopelessness, my visionlessness has been paid for. That's right, I I couldn't reconcile a relationship, but now I'm a reconciler. I couldn't find peace, but now God says, blessed are the peacemakers. I'm one of them. And, And guess what? Guess who's in charge of peace? Jesus, because he's the prince of peace. Amen. Amen? And right wrapped up in this is wonderful counselor, right? Everlasting father, almighty God. We rejoice in the whole, it says, we have peace with God. Can everyone say through? Through our Lord Jesus Christ, not through your good attitude, through Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. We stand at peace with God. It is so discouraging to me sometimes watching Christians for their own sake trying to get right with God. You're right with God by what he did. Let him now change you by his power. That's where the key is, his power. Those who hope in themselves will fail. Those who hope in God, he will never fail. He'll never put them to shame. Ephesians says it this way. Now in Christ Jesus You who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace. He has made the two one, has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulation. He abolished it. You know, he put it in his body. He who knew no sin became sin for us and separated us from being an outsider like a Gentile and brought us in with that, the heart of Israel, the seed of Israel, that we become one. 
that we are united to him. Colossians says, in him. Can you say the word all? In him, that's Christ, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. I, I love reading that to a Jehovah Witness. Because they hear that and they go, what? And I go, in him, all the fullness. Well, in the original Greek, if you translate it, you mean if you change the meaning of the word? All the fullness of God was pleased to dwell through him, to reconcile to himself. Can you hear this? All things. God reconciled all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Number three, let's get a little bit more practical here in these next two. The Spirit internalizes my peace. The counselor of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything. In other words, Jesus is telling him, he's saying, I have to go. Where are you going, Jesus' disciples? Said, Where are you going? I got to go. Where? I got to go. I got to go. He, I got to I gotta go. And because I go, then he can come. And he'll come and he'll be with you. And then he says, and I will be in you. He changes. That's Trinitarian language. And I will be in you. The Father sends the Son. The Son secures salvation. And the Holy Spirit comes and applies the work and finishing work of Christ through resurrection into our life. The same power of the Father that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. Think about that. Is that a trip? He's in you. That same power is at work. Paul, Paul was basically tripping out when he wrote those words. He goes, that power is working in you. Praise God. I love how the Ephesians will go. He'll go, yeah, and God's doing this, and you through trials, and praise God, dude, I can't believe it. Right? It's the same with Psalms. You know, created me a clean heart, Lord. I'm wicked and stuff, but you are my portion and my strength. You know what I should pray. Right? That's how your prayer should be. You come and you go, Lord, man, I'm a loser. Uh, I can't believe I did this, but Lord, thank you for your redeeming power. That is great. And you're inside me. I can't believe it. Hallelujah, I'm going to work. Woo! Right? This is how we should live. Amen? And listen, he says, he's talking about the Spirit. He says, he's going to be with you. And he says, peace I leave with you. I give you the peace, just like joy, love, joy, peace. God is love. He deposited his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Enter into the joy of the Lord. My peace I give you. These are things that are things that God is wanting to give you. Peace I leave with you. Peace, my peace I give you. And then watch what he says. I don't give as the world gives. Because the world is conditional. I'll give you this raise if... We'll give you some stocks, but I'll hang out with you if he says, I'm not like that way. I don't give like the world gives. Then it's a peace. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. They had this thing on the sports channels where they had, uh, and they do this all the time, where they kind of say, if Michael Jordan were playing, could he beat LeBron in a one-on-one? You know, could he beat Kobe in a one-on-one if Michael Jordan were still playing? And you know, you watch these guys jump, and it's like they can jump a long way. It's amazing. You know, you see some of these slam dunks by Dr. J. 
you know, the doctor and wham, he's like, you know, way back there and he lands. And, you know, I've had a killie, I, I played soccer, so we have to jump, not the same as basketball, but for set pieces, heading and things like that, uh, for corner kicks and stuff. And you have to jump and get in the air to win the ball. I could jump pretty good, not like these guys. But you know, when I get in on an airplane, man, I get really high. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm, like, I'm way above. I, I can fly. You know, it's like, here's me jumping, boom. Here's Michael Jordan, chunk. You know, here's some, you know, long jumper, high jumpers, the tall guy. He could really jump. And then there's the airplane, 20, 30,000. This is what the Holy Spirit is like. How many want to live a little higher? The Spirit of the Lord can charge you to a higher place than you've ever been. He can overwhelm what your normal day-to-day life is. And I know, and, and I can always tell when someone's on the way to defeat, they're about to lose. They'll say something like this. Yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start doing these things. You didn't hear my sermon, did you? Yeah, yeah, I really heard what you said. I'm going to start making these changes. I'm going to do this stuff. Uh, okay. You should be saying stuff like, man, I realized in my own works that I couldn't do this. I needed God. And I, I heard what you said, that I need to be reconciled with God, that my peace comes from him. My hope's going to start being him changing me. I'm going to read the word to find out what it is he's going to be doing in me. This is not an act of self-will. My will be done. My new will. But not my will be done, but your will be done. Do you want peace? It comes from God. It starts with God. It ends with God. I'm almost done here. How do I find that daily peace that overcomes my turmoil, my daily turmoil? Listen to what he says. Do not be anxious about anything. Really? Nothing? Don't be anxious about anything. But you don't understand where we're going to. We can't make it this month. Well, then I'll show you a trial on the streets. Or I'll, sh- I'll get the money for you miraculously. Or I'll build your character in a way you never understood before. But you'll be grateful. But how will my family make it? Because I've got them in the palm of my hands. Listen, don't be anxious in anything but in, can everyone say, everything. By prayer. Lord. By petition. And it, this prayer petition isn't just human. It comes from God. It's in Christ Jesus, if you look at the end of that verse. With thanksgiving. There's a thankfulness that has to be there. It's, it's a gratefulness. Lord, you got this. And the peace of God, which surpasses or transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then watch, next slide, Jesus defeat the storm. Because but I love this. I remember my first time preaching on this years ago and studying this scripture through the years, not for you or anyone else. I was just learning it myself so I could get through my own trial. And I remember thinking about this and looking at the Lord. You know how you kind of look at the Lord when you're praying? And every once in a while, you just get a sense of who he is. And I was like looking at the Lord, like, come on, Lord. Why are you doing this? Because it says, and it's not in there, it says, a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking in the boat and the boats were already filling and the disciples didn't really know who Jesus was yet. 
And you may think you know everything about Jesus, but trust me, there's a lot you don't know about him. He's much more amazing than you realize. Every year I learn more things about God, and I always realize he's better than I ever thought he was. Every year I found out, wow, he's even greater than I thought last year. And he was great last year. And it says he's sleeping in the boat. He's in the stern, sleeping on the cushion. Are you kidding me? This storm is raging all around me. There's kaboom, right? The waves are going out. It says the water starts going into the boat, right? People are getting the pumps. People are looking for jaws. You know what I mean? Where's the shark? Of course, this is the Sea of Galilee. And it says, and they woke him up and they said to him, and you know, there's one line in here, teacher, do you not care if we're perishing? But, but it's they said it, it's them. They said to him, this is a bunch of stuff you know, that he's trying to consolidate, okay? Mark's trying to put it in one consolidation. They're all coming, Jesus, don't you care? How many times have you prayed that? God, are you really out there? (laughs) Are you sure? You're not even watching anything. I tried. (laughs) Then if your kids complain about anything, why are we having Brussels sprouts? Come on, have a good attitude. (laughs) Your kid's walking away going, you hypocrite, Dad. (laughs) And he woke up, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased. There was a great calm. And he said to them, and I love this about Jesus, because Jesus is basically, understand the Son of God, right? Right? All things were created by him and through him and for him. Nothing that has been made has been made without him. And there he is with them. I'm with you. I'm going to redeem you, disciples. I'm going to bring redemption. I'm going to put my spirit in you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. You're going to be with me forever. You're going to reign. You're going to have crowns on your head. You're going to judge the angels. There's an eternity. You'll never have any hurt, pain, tears, fear, ever. And he's right there, and there's a little wind. And the boat's about to tip. And Peter's already walked on the water. And he looks at him, and he goes, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Do you not have the confidence that I can change your marriage, that I can change your family, and that if it's destroyed, that I can restore you, that I can rebuild you? that I will walk with you and be with you to the end of the age, that I am the redeeming God? Do you not understand this? And they said, who is this? Who is this guy? Let us live in peace. To us a child is born, and the government, the rulership, the power, the authority will be on his shoulder, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Need advice? Talk to God. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Turn from evil. Do good. Seek peace. Pursue it. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful what is, to do what is right in the eyes of everywhere, everybody. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And don't take revenge. Leave room for God's own vengeance. It is for me to avenge, says the Lord. Why don't you close your eyes? How, by the way, how many have getting something from here? How many are saying, I want this peace of God?
that surpasses my understanding. Father, just close your eyes if you would, just so you can meditate while you're here. Psalm 29, 11 says, The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Do you want to be one of God's people? You want the barrier between your sin and him to broken down? It was blood shed on the cross. It wasn't just a sweat in the garden when he was preparing to do the atonement, but it was the atonement, the at-one-ment that happened through redemption. He made the two one by shedding his blood on the cross. Will you put your faith in the cross? Let's have our base camp team come forward. Would you like to put faith in Jesus Christ alone? Find peace with God? Not in your religion, not because you came to church at this adventure place today where we congregate in the city. We're not the magical church. The church is the, is the people. Our reconciliation isn't with the building or the organization. The reconciliation starts with God. Do you want to be reconciled and have peace? Receive Jesus Christ. If you've not put your hope or your faith in Jesus Christ, I want you, put your hand up high. Just raise your hand and say, God, I want to put my faith in Christ alone. Don't worry. Don't let the fear of man stop you. What do they think? Who cares? What do you think? Do you want to be reconciled in truth? Don't, don't lack courage. Do what you think is right. Do I need God? Just put your hand up. Just say, Lord, I want to receive you as my Lord, as my Savior. I want to be forgiven. I, and then know this, those who raise your hands, that you are reconciled to God, that he now throws your sins as far as the east as the west and no longer holds them against you. And we have uh, base camp leaders that are right there in the center. You can uh, let them know. Just put your eyes toward them and let them see you. And they'll get you connected to some discipleship. This is the role and responsibility of the church to be a servant to you. We're here to serve you, not to lord it over you, to help you. We're agents of uh, hope and change. And we have a base camp that meets on a regular basis, but you can come toward the back of the church um, all the way as you enter it in, and the last door on the right, the second to last door on the right says base camp, and just meet in there and say, I need some prayer, or I need some help, and we'd be glad to walk with you. Or get a hold of them, and you can grab one of those flyers, and they can exchange information with you. But we don't want to let you just get away without letting you know your opportunities. Next, maybe you've been at a heart of war with your neighbor, with your friend, with your spouse, you know, with your boss. I'm going to ask you to turn to a heart of peace instead and say, Lord, I need your peace. I need your ways. Do you want to see your family get peace? Do you want to see your own heart get peace? Turn to Jesus. Trust him. If that's you, just raise your hand and just say, Lord, I need your peace. I want your peace. Just all around this room, just raise your hand and say, Lord, I need your peace. Fill me with the peace that surpasses my understanding. Lord, that transcends my thinking patterns where there's no conformity, but only your grace. 
and then peace in your heart to say, Lord, give me peace. In Jesus' name. How many say amen? Amen.